Bienvenidos and welcome to Avanza Latino. Today, we're sharing a story of resiliency. My name is Candice Batay. She's the founder and executive director of Glomundo, a Denver-area nonprofit dedicated to improving the lives of children and their families. Glomundo seeks to build resilience in inner-city kids so that they are able to actually meet both the challenges and the opportunities that come their way. For Candice, this work is very personal, and you'll hear why throughout this episode. But it's also about... Equity. Equity, which is defined as justice according to natural law or right. Specifically, freedom from bias or favoritism. And if we know anything about people, it's that we tend to be a little biased, whether we like to acknowledge it or not. All of my life since I'm a little girl, I've been curious about human behavior. And as a little kid, I remember questioning, like, why do we hurt others so much? Why we don't care? You know, like, it just makes no sense. Like, what is the empathy as a human being? And to understand why she decided to devote her life to solving such a complicated problem, Candice takes us back to when she was that little girl and opens up about the traumas she faced growing up in Venezuela's capital, Caracas. in a very, very poor neighborhood of Caracas, in the inner city of Caracas. And unfortunately, we know the reality in South America. There's a lot of violence and a lot of poverty. And that was the everyday life. I mean, you went to bed with shootings all the time and you woke up with discourse and arguments, people in the street or the sewer system not working or lack of water, lack of food. So that was the daily life, right? You wake up and you don't know what your day is going to be like. And she didn't know if she was going to be safe at home either. Candice said her father was an alcoholic and he would get violent, especially when he was drinking. It was very intrusive to both my brother and I. And I remember just living with fear as a kid because not only we didn't know the next day will be food or could we go to school or maybe there was a big hole that opened on the ground and there was no way to cross the bridge and to go into school or that my dad would be so drunk that he would beat us all up. So it was rough uh, growing up that way. But there seemed to be a way out. A Catholic school in town with a nurturing curriculum offered Candice an interview. This was her chance. I was blessed that my mom had registered me to see if I could go to school there, which was an expensive school. Most of these schools are private in South America. And um, the nuns, I remember they interviewed me, and I was willing to be open with them and say, hey, this is the reality in my home. There is a lot of violence, and I don't want to go back there. Sympathetic to their situation, the nuns offered Candice a spot at the school during the day provided she was willing to run the after-school program for the first and second graders. She was only a seventh grader at the time. I didn't have to be like most of the kids I grew up in the ghetto where my girlfriends, my classmates, would be pregnant at age 12, or most of our classmates were killed by the gangs or, you know, murdered in a drug deal, whatever. Um, I didn't have to be that. Thankful for the opportunity, Candice agreed and knew her life was about to change. I 
entered into this journey where the nuns raised me from age 11 until I graduated from high school at 16. And I would say it was a very, very enriching time of my life. And if I wouldn't have had those skills taught to me about self-regulation, about knowing that everything that I do has a consequence and will affect me and affect others, if I wouldn't have been told that other people matter besides my life, you know, that I cannot live my life just for me, but also knowing that I can enhance everybody else's life through my work. And the direction her work would take her really began to form after she had children of her own. My daughters were born, one of them, uh, what you could call ADD, ADHD, and the other one in the autism spectrum. And of course, I brought a whole set of challenges onto how to navigate that. However, as a parent and using my intuition and, and that wisdom, I knew that there were different treatments that could be used to my kids and that I didn't have to label them and put them in society with that label so that society would treat them in a certain way and they would behave in a certain way because they had that label. One of the ways she could communicate this was through storytelling. So Candice decided to write a book for children and drew from her own experiences. She titled the book, Discovery of Glow. It's a children's book for second, third grade reading um, that teaches kids about the power of their emotions and how to work with their emotions and their thoughts and understanding that they need to start thinking beyond the circumstances they're faced with so that they can overcome all the challenges that are presented and also learn about their own worth and their own power. In Discovery of Glow, a young girl named Lumina Ossidy learns how to own the power of her emotions. She starts observing how her thoughts um, had a lot of power in the way she felt. So whenever other kids were bullying her or whenever her parents were arguing, um, if she just chose to feel victimized by that circumstance, she would stay that way. But if she would say, and be able to dialogue with her own thoughts, she would realize that she had control over how she was feeling. And so she starts practicing with this, and then she realized that she will glow on the outside, but it's really glowing. You know, when we see someone is glowing, uh, it's because they are so content and so happy and so joyful, right? It's a state of joy. Um, she realized that she had control over how she could amplify her glow or shrink it, right? Um, so she was one day in the playground and these girls were bullying her and telling all sorts of things to her. And she realized how her glow was like stuck to her head like a bad cap. But the message to children is to basically be aware that, yeah, we gotta learn to think beyond the circumstance we're facing and we are not stuck, right? It's a choice to decide to believe that we are stuck. There is um, there is always opportunity for a, to create something better for ourselves and for others. After publishing Discovery of Glow, Candice's desire to learn more about how the mind works grew 
and she began to dig deeper. And it was a journey with them that took me through one to research more about how the mind works and how the emotions work. And that led me in touch with neuroscientists, with people that are experts in social emotional intelligence. Such as psychologist Daniel Goleman, the award-winning author of Emotional Intelligence, and other leaders in the field. She also hit the books. I took a lot of classes on psychology and sociology and neuroscience and quantum physics and just trying to understand it all um, and trying to make sense out of life and how it really happens and how have people managed to succeed and be, overcome adversity. I've always been very curious of that and I have studied, gone lectures, interview experts. I mean, I, I just, I'm determined to learn um, from the best. Despite all that studying, Candice admittedly hadn't considered the traumas that people in the U.S. faced. Compared to Venezuela, the problems in the U.S. weren't as blatant, but she started to see that people here had needs too. But the more I explore the community and when I had my own children um, and going back into my own childhood, I realized that if there are not organizations out there or if the schools are not tending to the social emotional aspect of the child, um, when the family cannot tend to those, then these kids are basically on their own. This idea was brewing that I was probably not the only parent being challenged by this. And that maybe by me creating something with my own daughters and offering it to other kids um, out there, um, it might do some good. More good than she could have imagined. Her background in program development and extensive experience in the nonprofit world made her realize that opportunity was knocking. We all started an after-school program that was building specific skills that students could learn and apply during classroom time. And they are all basically feelings management, thought management, uh, relationship skills. So anything from self-regulation, self-management, relationship skills, and uh, empathy, how to work with others. Um, so we started working on that, and then it evolved into a curriculum that teachers could use in the classroom, and then a curriculum for parents and a curriculum for teachers themselves so that they could also apply these tools and manage their own issues when they arise. Glomundo, the organization, was starting to take shape. And as these kids started doing the techniques that we teach through the after-school program, the teachers couldn't believe they started engaging in classroom, they started participating, they started focusing, they started paying attention, they were not running away from class every day, so they immediately started shifting behavior. And while the techniques she implemented in the schools were getting results, she came to a realization. If a child that had a trauma or a difficult situation the morning of or the night of or a few years back and it hasn't been processed properly, this child will never sit down to learn. It's impossible. And that is in despite of the socioeconomic status of this child. It could be a very wealthy kid that unfortunately had to face something very disturbing 
and this child will be experiencing and having the same type of behavior as a child that comes from a very poor neighborhood. So it all has to do with uh, we assisting the child in moving the areas of the brain and recalibrating the brain, if you will, to make it ready to learn. I gotta say, it's not simple. <laughs> Creating change is never simple, but Candice knew what she had to do. We start working with staff. We start working with the leadership team of the school and then move it into the teachers and the entire personnel. And we start shifting perspective there about the resilience capacity to prevent burnout. Because teachers, she says, play a key role in all of this. The fact that most teachers in America are overworked, undervalued, and underpaid is costing our country's future. It's not right. In education lays the freedom of a country. And if we don't educate our children holistically and make them aware of what they can do with themselves and who they are and to use their own talents, and we will lose we will lose our capacity as a nation to face adversity. And so it's almost like developing this capacity of the teacher to really connect with their students and seeing them where they are at and meeting them where they are at. And if we have a teacher that is having personal struggles in their home environment or doesn't get prepared for that moment of connection with the student, we're going to have teachers that totally lose their students in the lesson because these kids don't engage, right? Imagine if we were military personnel and we are at war, right? If we don't prepare ourselves previously by training how to use weapons to defend ourselves, right? And on top of that, we don't pre pre prepare ourselves mentally and emotionally for the combat, we're going to ache, we're going to suffer, and we're going to create a lot of issues for ourselves and for our troops, right? So the same acuteness and awareness that we demand of our military personnel, I believe education is one of the most precious things we can do in this world. And she thinks real progress can be made if decision makers valued emotional skills as much as traditional academic subjects. just as the same as we develop a lot of time for math skills and reading skills and writing skills and science skills. So it's not a matter of not knowing what to do. It's simply that we're not allowing it because one thing we say as a district, but the other one is what happens in reality. Which is why she believes the need for programs like hers is only growing. But through Glomundo, we're able to teach kids to self-advocate and to actually self-regulate how they feel in front of whatever situation they're facing. So we teach the students just the basics, right, on how to become a social being. What does that mean to be me? What are my strengths as a child? And how can I cooperate with others to accomplish something? And how can I let all that trauma behind? According to Candice, children of color face bias in school from the get-go. It's a fact that when a student of color misbehaves, it's treated completely different than when a student that is of non-color misbehaves. 
So as schools, we need to be responsive to the cultures that are being brought in the classroom, not only from a race standpoint and ethnicity standpoint, but the way of being, the way families operate, right? So I think when we, as a school system, we see all of that and we become more creative, we will alleviate that school to prison pipeline. We should not exist in the first place, especially not in a developed country, not in America, the number one nation in the world. And that school to prison pipeline she mentioned, it's primarily filled with, you guessed it, male students of color. But Candice believes schools can instill more equity by diversifying their staff to reflect the demographics of the students they serve. When a child sees other kids like them in the classroom and an adult that they can trust similar to them, they will feel more connected and feel more safe to let go and really be present with what's happening. So equity, the piece of equity will be big. Until schools can meet all of those needs, Candice says Glomundo is here to help. We go all the way from simply doing 45-minute presentations to parents about the evolution of their child's brain to learning about typical behavior of a child in elementary age or to learning about bullying and how does that happen, et cetera, et cetera, to having a more comprehensive program that we can do it bilingually, we can do it in Spanish and English, um, to dive deep into self-care for parents. Because parents who are regularly overwhelmed and stressed typically fail to meet their own needs, let alone the needs of their children. Children need to be seen with the heart. And, and I, I wish you were in front of me so I could tell you when I, you could see me. When I say these children need to be seen, I actually use my hand and I put it on top of my heart. And I truly believe that when we as adults, either raising our own kids or working with kids, if we open our hearts and we connect with what they're bringing, we will be raising a whole child. But if we respond to the needs of our children with the lens of our own needs as adults, whether I am a tired parent, whether I am tapped out because of my work, because of my relationships, whether I have prior trauma, I am going to hurt that child. And that child is not going to be a productive person in society, but it will be a burden to society. Candice, who's always searching for how people can be better for themselves and for their communities, has a message for adults. Let's do it knowing that this is a work of heart, that we need to be vulnerable as parents, we need to be vulnerable as teachers, as education professionals, and be able to facilitate the wonders that these kids are bringing, right? They are just bringing, coming with brand new ideas, brand new ways to do things, and we are here to just become almost like a coach to them and moderate that but never to shut it down, never to label it, never to say you are less than anything. Our children are like a little ray of hope that make us be better persons. In the end, children are the teachers. 
entering this world that I do now of wanting to support the life of those that are born in less privilege and whether it is financial, whether it is race, whether it is just because of the nature of the geographical area where you were born. It took her a while to get here. Along the way, Gandhis traveled the world working for ISIC, the world's largest nonprofit youth run organization. ISIC, spelled A I E S E C, connects young people with leadership development, internships, and volunteer experiences. It allowed her the opportunity to meet and learn from some of the greatest leaders in the modern era, like the late Nelson Mandela. So, what did you learn from your encounters with leaders like Nelson Mandela? Definitely humility. Um, a true leader is humble. A true leader knows that they don't know it all. They just know how to maximize what is in front of them, and they know how to problem solve, right? But there is always this humility that comes from knowing that when you get out of your out of your mind in terms of get out of the way, ideas just flow through and then solutions happen. So it's almost as if the leader is really just someone that allows them to become a conduit to find the best solution for what's in front of them. By changing the way we think, we can change the way we feel, and therefore we can change the way we act. Anyway, I have big hopes, but I, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> Hopefully to contribute a little bit in that area, yeah. If you're interested in learning more about Glomundo and Candice's work, visit glomundo.org or call 303 303- Eight eight one five seven nine two. This podcast is made possible by Gonzalez Consulting and Spectrum Community Services. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please visit our website at avanzalatino.org.